Hi, everyone. You're listening to episode 144 of the Keto Diet Podcast, and today we're chatting about mental health in before photos, staying true to yourself when people are projecting on you, how to compliment someone mindfully, and so much more. If you have questions about today's content, you can head on over to healthfulpursuit.com slash contact and ask me. Today's podcast extra and transcript, including bonus resources and links, can be found at healthfulpursuit.com slash podcast slash e114 I got three cool things for you guys today and this like never happens that we're gonna have three cool things to share the first is that I've been working really really hard on writing my third paperback book keto for women when you pre-order before June 10th you're entered to win one of three VIP memberships into my 12-week video training program for women happy keto body this giveaway is open to everyone you can find out more by going to ketoforwomen.com, including how to pre-order the book, how to enter, and I'm just so thrilled to be able to provide you with yet another awesome resource to developing your keto diet as a woman so that you can balance your hormones, reach your happy weight, and just feel generally good overall. Second cool thing is that my second paperback, The Keto Diet Cookbook, is officially on bookshelves. I know, I've been a very busy human writing all the books and doing all the things. If you already have a copy, please take a moment to review the book by going to ketodietbook.com slash review. Leave a review. Even if you hated the book, I'll take whatever you give. Just take a couple of moments out of your day today by going to ketodietbook.com slash review. Leave a rating, and it's as easy as that. And when you do, if you love the brand Equip, you can go to equipfoods.com and use the coupon code HEALTHFUL, all in caps for 20% off all of their goodies. This is a little thank you. It's an honor system, so I'm hoping that you'll review the book and then use the code. Uh, the third cool thing is that now that the code cookbook is out, it's time to celebrate. If you use the hashtag the keto diet to take pictures of yourself with the book, inside the book, recipes you're making from the book, if you use that hashtag anywhere on social media between now and June 16th, 2019, you're going to be entered to win a prize pack of collagen, grass-fed beef liver capsules, avocado oil mayo, and avocado oil ranch dressing. We're giving away two prizes every single week until June 16th. So again, just use the hashtag the keto diet and you will be entered to win. Easy as that. Okay, let's do this thing. Welcome to the Keto Diet Podcast, the show all about keto for women so you can burn fat, balance your hormones, and heal your body. If you're new around these parts, I'm Leanne Vogel. You may know me as the international best-selling author of The Keto Diet and author of the upcoming paperback book, Keto for Women, where I'm showing you how to take charge of the imbalances that are ruling your life so you can discover your happy weight in three easy steps. Or you may know me as the nutritionist that likes dipping pork rinds in avocado oil mayo. I'm so glad you're here with me today, and thanks so much for listening. Today's guest is Britt Wright, the girl behind Keto underscore B on Instagram, who has dedicated her time to making keto a way of life and not just a diet. Today, she's sharing her experiences on working to overcome negative self-talk and dangerous food habits that has been tremendously healing, and she hopes to continue to spread positivity in a culture of crash dieting. 
Now we're going to be chatting all about dieting and really developing a better relationship with your body. And if you're looking for a step-by-step guide on how to do this, I've created a 21-day whole keto challenge for this very thing. You can go to healthfulpursuit.com slash whole to find out more about that. And without further ado, let's cut over to this interview. Hey, Britt, how's it going? It's going well, having a glass of wine after this, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, that sounds amazing. I have like so many more like video recordings and recordings and I have no wine in this house. I wish... I wish I could just come over and drink some wine. (laughs) I was like, do I do it during? I'll wait till after. Oh my gosh. That's actually a really good idea. I've thought about doing like wine episodes where we just drink and maybe get a little bit intoxicated. I feel like it would just feel better. (laughs) Yeah. It's like 20 questions, but with wine. (laughs) I love that. Oh my gosh. Well, I have a question for you. And this is a question that I ask all of guests that come on the show. What does keto mean to you? It's a good question. So. I feel like my idea of what keto means has changed a lot. So I've been doing it for two years. So it just passed our sort of two-year ketoversary in two weeks ago. And, you know, it's quite fascinating how much, like at first I started it because it was weight loss. Like it was all it was, wanted to lose weight. And Instagram was full of all those transformations of fast weight loss, you know, and at the time I was a bit desperate. So I would say that at first it was about losing weight as quickly as possible. And then I sort of realized how many food relationship problems I was having. And I never addressed them for so many years, despite all the diets. And so it was kind of like, huh, so I guess I might have some food addiction problems because the idea of cutting sugar out is the end of the world, right? Like it seemed like I was going to lose my best friend. You know, that's like the feeling that I had at the time. And then before I knew it, it was about sort of, addressing that, you know, you don't have to have a reward and punishment situation with food, you can enjoy it and not have this whole like permission to eat or I shouldn't and I can't. And it's really helped me sort of build these tools for eating without feeling badly about it. And obviously, the weight loss is a huge bonus, like I've lost 80 pounds so far. And that's amazing. Like, I love that. But I think the fact that like, I don't feel so tormented by food has been sort of the biggest thing. And so when I talk to people about keto, I'm like, you know, whatever diet works for you is fine. But if you can address some of the dynamics that you've created with food, it can be very healing. Mm -hmm, Totally. And so 80 pounds, that's a huge deal. And I'm sure you took some before pictures, some after pictures. What is your relationship with the before and after situation? Yeah, that's tricky. And I think because I'm such a big you know, contributor to the Instagram keto community. I, I'm often conflicted about it. I try to be very mindful of the language that I use when it comes to before and afters, because it's not like that's old me and that's not me anymore. You know, you can't say that because you're always yourself, regardless of sort of what stage you're in. I think it's good to be able to celebrate the changes. So I think that's the, the hardest part for me is that like, I was a big part of sort of the plus size community for my whole life before this and really connected with the whole, you know, it doesn't matter what you look like, you just have to feel good in your skin. And I tried really hard to believe that, but I don't think I ever really fully did. Uh, But that's sort of a whole different topic. Uh, But I think that like, if I can put two pictures side by side, and try really hard to be mindful of the message that goes out, it's okay. But I try not to do it a lot. 
I think that if my whole feed was an abundance of comparisons, it sort of sends the message that like, that's the goal, like is just to get as far from my old self as possible. Whereas the goal is to be able to sort of recognize that like, I've always had worth, but I've put in a lot of effort to get to a place where like, I feel healthier, I feel, you know, more confident in my skin and that sort of thing. So a bit of a battle I try to do side by side sometimes that are just me now like there's you know two pictures of me currently just feeling good (laughs) you know doesn't mean that it has to be from weight loss you know and my favorite comparison pictures are the ones where people sort of talk about the mental hurdle that they've overcome like the how much more comfortable they are in their skin and maybe they've been able to talk about more difficult things as a result of facing their weight because I think that I spent a lot of time avoiding talking about my weight, so much so that I would say that all of my close friends wouldn't have even known that it was a struggle. They would have known I was overweight, but just sort of thought it was okay with it. So I would, would not talk about it. And then now by sort of, I've posted the odd before and after on my like personal Facebook page to just sort of say this, my life over the past two years has changed, but you know, I am extremely careful not to sort of imply that I'm better now than I was then because I really feel for myself in the before pictures because I know what mindset I was in at the time. Back to today's episode in a sec. Many women come to me frustrated that the ketogenic diet isn't giving them the weight loss that they're looking for. They want to burn fat efficiently, like all the other people out there thriving on keto. One reason for this frustration is because you might not be digesting all the fat you're eating properly. This is where the amino acid glycine comes in. Glycine helps us digest fat, making it easier for us to burn fat as energy, boosting our keto and leading to better results. The richest source of glycine, bone broth, but not just any bone broth. You want one that's richest in glycine by meeting the following requirements. First, it turns into gel when cooled. Second, is stored frozen as opposed to boxed or powdered bone broth. And third, is made with only bones, no meat or filler ingredients. For extra fat burning potential, mix fats in with your bone broth. And this is why I love Bonafide's Keto Broth. They combine their high quality bone broth with MCT oil and healthy fats like coconut oil and grass-fed butter in a convenient grab-and-go cup. Keto Broth has three flavors, and one of them is 100% dairy-free, flavored with lemon juice and turmeric. Just heat, sip, and go. You can go to bonafideprovisions.com and use the coupon code HEALTHFUL, all in caps, no spaces, for 20% off your first order. Again, that's bonafideprovisions.com, code HEALTHFUL for 20% off. Unsure of the link? Simply check out today's show notes for all the details. Okay, back to today's episode. You know, and when I took some of those earlier photos, it was like not a good time in my life, but I was hopeful. And that's pretty amazing too, because I took those knowing that I was going to try to make changes for the better. Uh, And that's a vulnerable place to be. Totally. And you just said making changes for the better, not become better. Yeah. There's a big difference. Totally. Yeah. It's so different because you can want, you can want to improve your health. You can want to improve your relationship with your body. I think that we are conditioned to want to change our bodies. Like you're never supposed to be okay with where you're at. Like I feel like our whole society is built around, you know, you don't like yourself. You want to become that person or become, you know, whatever. So people are uncomfortable by the idea of you liking your skin or liking the skin that you're in. And whether that's, you know, at the beginning of your weight loss where you can feel good about the fact that you're making changes, whether you're not losing weight, you know, whatever it may be, I just think that you know, 
all we have is right now. So if you can't find some peace with that, you know, I feel for that. I've been in that scenario a lot, but like, you shouldn't look ahead too much when it comes to things like that. Because some of, some of the changes are really outside of our control. You know, life has a way of changing your path pretty quick when you don't expect it. So I just think you have to be really compassionate for yourself at any, any stage of the game. You know, if you're trying, then you're trying and that in and of itself deserves celebrating. Yeah, there's a couple of things that you said that I really loved. And the first one, when you start to show up in a way that people are unfamiliar with, like you were saying, so many of us have been conditioned, almost all of us have been conditioned and to believe that we aren't enough. And that that story gets downloaded to us before we get a chance to say, I don't really want that garbage. Um, so we're going, we're going into life with this feeling that we're not enough. And when we start to act, I don't know if you've noticed just in your um, transition of understanding yourself more, when you start to act from a place of love and respect, I'm going to take out love with respect and acceptance for your body and yourself. Do you find people have a problem with that? I notice I have a lot of conflict in people that I meet that are uncomfortable with the fact that I'm just, I just accept myself. And I feel like that's coming from their place of like, but why, why am I working so hard over here? to change myself and you're just okay with this? Like you're just okay with yourself? And then they get really angry. Have you noticed that in your own experience? Yeah, I would say that people are definitely sort of reluctant towards, like I said, like if you seem to be okay with yourself, people are uncomfortable by that. I also feel that people are very sort of like, well, that's great. That's you, but that couldn't be me. You know, like they the, the idea of sort of that shared experience becomes very difficult. I feel when people see you make big changes and they're uncomfortable, but sort of maybe their own shortcomings and it can come across as sort of like, well, that's great that you can do it, but I have all these reasons why I can't. So it becomes a defense sort of mechanism to, they're not necessarily directly putting down my progress, but it makes me feel like the hard work that I've put in is belittled because somebody's not as confident about maybe their ability to do the same. You know, there's always a million reasons not to do something. It's so easy. And I mean, I've tried so many different ways of eating before keto. And it's one of those things that like, I, I don't tell other people to do keto ever. Like I would never tell someone do it. So, you know, do your research. Here's why I would say that I love it, but you know, whatever suits you, suits you. And if you're forcing something, it's not going to work out. I think that kind of goes without saying if your heart's not in it, you're not probably going to succeed. But yeah, I think I've gotten some random pushback. The weirder ones to me are people that say like, don't lose any more weight. Like as if they are uncomfortable by the amount that I've changed. Like it's fine that you're still kind of like, you're still a little overweight, so I'm okay with it. But you can't be smaller than me. You know, like that how do you sort deal of with How do you deal with that energy? Because that to me, as somebody who's experienced an eating disorder, that is super triggering. Like that that might throw me over the edge and I could have an episode. <laughs> like, yeah, I get know? that. Uh, for me, I think that like, I have a lot of like real talks with myself. Like I try to really stay true to sort of what I believe and what I know to be true. And I know that they're projecting onto me. So it's really important to sort of always remember that who, whoever's saying it, try to think about where they're coming from. Sometimes that's hard, especially if it's a bit infuriating, but you know, insecurities have a way of being extremely ugly when they you know are miscommunicated and i get 
I just try to sympathize because I probably thought terrible things about other people when I felt terribly about myself. Didn't mean I was ever saying it because that sort of takes a whole different level of, uh, you know, disrespect, I guess. But, you know, I think that when we feel badly about ourselves, it, it can really impact other people. So my big transformation with keto has been way more about mindset with, with my experience with myself, my relationship with myself. And the weight loss itself is like such a tiny part of my progress because I just feel like I'm so much more authentic now because I can talk about things that I was so ashamed of before. And, you know, if we could all just sort of air our dirty laundry, I feel like we'd all be better people. <laughs> I hope you're totally digging this episode. I love putting these together every week and I hope you're getting something out of it. I love seeing where you're listening from. So next time you're listening or even right now, take a picture of yourself watching the show or a screenshot of your favorite episode and tag me on Instagram at healthful pursuit. And if social isn't your thing, that's totally fine. Just jump on your favorite podcast player and leave a review for the show. Okay, back to the good stuff. Yeah, you're so right. Because those people that get angry at your progress or lash out, I think it's because they've downloaded that same story of I'm not good enough. And when somebody then feels like they're good enough and expresses that, they feel like they've been cheated out of some experience and that they couldn't possibly have that. And there's, there's so much energy around that. And I also love what you said about the before and after pictures. And in the case of, you know, somebody who maybe doesn't go after, you know, before and after pictures, you were talking about mental health and the progression of like, this is me living a happy, like finally being happy with myself. There's a lot of pressure for people, especially nutritionists, or I'm sure you experience it on Instagram too. You know, I didn't really lose a lot of weight doing keto, you know, like I, and as somebody in the space of, you know, competing against people competing, I don't see it as competition whatsoever, but other people saying, well, like where are your before and after pictures? Like how did, how did keto change you? And it's like, I can't really show the fact that, you know, by eating keto for five years, I've been free of an eating disorder for about three and a half of those years. And yeah, it's huge. Yeah, it's a huge thing. But I, I, I think that what you said um, really stuck with me is, you know, those before and after pictures, they don't really tell us what's going on mentally. <laughs> and, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> and you could be, I mean, I have a picture of when I was 115 pounds and had six pack abs. Uh, I wasn't having a period. I had a, I was in an abusive relationship. I was binging and purging at least three times a day, having two packs of cigarettes a day, but Hey, right. Like it doesn't but look how good I look. It's so exactly. just kind of, yeah. And I think that like, I've struggled with that because being overweight, like I have, I started dieting when I was 13, like I was going to Weight Watchers at 13. And, you know, from then until now, it's been a stream of diets, failed attempts, you know, then I definitely struggled a bit with binge eating, which I didn't really identify until I was part of this Instagram community where people were talking about it. You know, people sort of associate eating disorders with the lack of eating, right? Not too much eating. Uh, so again, like I was trying to address all these relationship things with food that I didn't realize I had. But, you know, being overweight, whenever I would lose weight, people are inclined to compliment that and without thinking about how I got there. And many times in my life, I'm sorry to say that I didn't lose weight in a healthy way at all. It was extremely detrimental to my health and to my mental health. But people are just sort of fixated on the outward appearance of that weight loss, right? And so 
you know, maybe I wasn't eating and going to the gym and then counting everything and measuring everything and restricting as hard as I possibly could, you know, and I was miserable and I wasn't doing well, but to other people, it's like, wow, you know, you look great. And uh, that really messes you up because then you think health comes second to vanity, right? And the vanity aspect of weight loss is something I've really struggled with because I feel like the influx of compliments is inevitable when you lose weight. I would like to think that it's because I'm more confident that I get compliments, but I think that, you know, goes both ways when someone's like, oh, look how skinny your waist is. I'm like, oh, you know, cool. But like maybe compliment my ability to like lift that, you know, (laughs) something that's a bit more, I don't know, something that's worth celebrating. Like I love the whole non-scale victories of the weight loss community. That's a really big thing that I love about Instagram is celebrating things like flying and being comfortable in the plane. That's something that I used to dread travel. So for me, it's like you're giving me freedom in my life. That's so much more than the size of my waist, you know? So I, I think that there's a lot of potentially damaging mindsets when it comes to how you look and like weight loss is inevitable that you'll become smaller, but that doesn't inherently mean that I'm healthier, you know? And I think that that's definitely a, a fine line and the comparison pictures can be a bit of a slippery slope, I think, with that mindset, because if all you're looking to achieve is a smaller side by side comparison, then maybe you're not prioritizing your own wellness in between. And, you know, a year from now, what does that get you? Like weight loss is something that's so hard to maintain, like a lot of effort goes into the loss itself and not the maintenance. But then like, what happens, like, if there was no Instagram for you to post these pictures on, like, what, what about you? Like, you're alone with your thoughts. What about you? You know, and I think a lot of that gets neglected. Yeah, I mean, life was so simpler when we didn't have social media. I worked at a weight loss clinic when I was, oh, that would have been quite a long time ago. I was, I think, 17 to 22-ish. And back then, there wasn't really social media. Like, what was the thing before MySpace? I don't even remember. It was like really archaic. I don't even know. I feel like there was like high five or something where you have like your five top people and then it turned it. I honestly don't remember, but I was like an MSN person back in the day. Okay, cool. Yeah. Like that was like (laughs) the big thing, but now, you know, we change our lives and we want to share all the things. And I think that that's definitely contributing to it. But on the flip side, I don't think a lot of people understand how their words impact other people. And I was going to say how sensitive people can be, but that's not totally fair because people have a right to be sensitive and that's okay. But, you know, somebody coming up to you and saying, oh, your waist is so little. They, I don't even think they think that that could be hurtful or triggering. So I guess my, what I'm asking you is, are there things that people could say instead, like you mentioned, um, like how cool is it that you just lifted that 80 pound desk by yourself? Right. Yeah. Uh, are there other things that you look for? Like we have a rule in our house, um, my husband and I, that we don't compliment each other on our bodies. So like Kevin will never say, I really like the way your hair looks or that shirt looks really good on you or anything like that. Like we just don't have that that type of rhetoric in our house, but what do you do or what would you rather people comment on? Well, and it's funny because one of the more recent compliments that I got was from like one of my best friends and he's a real gem of a person. Like he doesn't talk about like bodies because he, he has had his own hurdles with his own relationship with his bodies. And it wasn't until I posted a before and after on Facebook that he messaged me 
And he says, you know, we talk all the time, but I didn't know if this was something you wanted to talk about, but it's clear that you've made it public that you're okay with me addressing this. And I just wanted to say, I'm really proud of you. But beyond that, like, I've never seen you more comfortable in your own skin before. And that just like really stuck with me because it's someone that knows me. And he was saying, you know, you look so good in that dress that I saw you in. It was as a person, you're more comfortable. And that makes you in my opinion, opinion, a better friend, if you can be yourself and, you know, not be worried about whatever it may be. So, you know, the authenticity thing. Back to today's episode in a sec. If you're not familiar with Paleo Valley, they make one of my most favorite healthful keto snacks, 100% grass-fed beef sticks and 100% pasture-raised turkey sticks, and they're also fermented. Each stick contains 1 billion CFUs of probiotics to benefit the health of your gut and strengthen your immune system. Their gut-friendly sticks are gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, GMO-free, freaky chemical, additive, and dye-free, as well as being preservative-free. Many of the flavors are 100% free from carbohydrates and the best part they're really really tasty now you can shop all things paleo valley load up your cart and apply a 20 percent discount code to everything in your cart to take advantage of this offer go to paleovalley.com keto fill up your cart and enter the coupon code keto 20 that's keto 20 at checkout to apply a 20 percent off discount on your entire purchase if you're unsure of the link simply check out today's show notes for all the details. Okay, back to today's episode. I also, I do appreciate the comments that are more related to health, depending on sort of where you're at. Like my dad is inclined to sort of say, you look really healthy, you know, and I don't, I don't interpret that as you were unhealthy before because I do feel like I look healthy, you know, like I feel like my skin is better. My, you know, I'm way more balanced and agile and all sorts of things, which is, I mean, keto, but it's also because I do exercise as well and lift weights, you know, that sort of thing. But I think size compliments are something that if you've never been there, you don't understand that they can actually be hurtful, you know, because it's that shame of like, if I gain the weight back, everybody's going to think I'm ugly then. Because if they think I'm pretty only because I've lost weight, what happens if I gain weight? And weight is something that changes pretty, it can change pretty drastically because, you know, bodies (laughs) bodies <laughs> women uh, you know hormones women, hormones i mean you know, my, fl- my weight fluctuates at least 15 pounds a month like up down up down Same. Yeah. a ton of fluctuations and you know when it's up that doesn't mean that you know i'm less worthy of being complimented so i think that sort of yeah how we compliment is a big thing so like skinny mini is probably at the top of my least favorite comments ever. And I feel really bad for my mom because she, you know, still kind of, I think that a lot of people still use these terms very loosely without thinking about it. And I've sort of turned to her and be like, please just don't use words like that. Like I don't, I'm not trying to be skinny. I'm not trying to be thin. I'm not trying to be anything that implies that I'm trying to like not take up space. I'm just trying to be healthy and I'm trying to feel like the fittest, most comfortable person of myself. And I don't know what that is yet, but you know, the implication that smaller is best is something that I find really terrible. Yes. And on the flip side, I get told a lot that I am thin and that bothers me too. Like, oh, well, you're just thin. How would you understand? And you're thin. And as somebody, you know, on an outside, you, you know, maybe people listening who haven't dealt with stuff like this would be like, Leanne, how is that not a compliment? Like, 
that is just so great. People call you thin. But to me, that is so triggering. That is like the ultimate thing for me. And I mean, I've tried to dig deep into like, why? Why thin? Why? You know, if somebody calls me skinny or thin, I hear in my brain, I could be thinner and no, I'm not. Or like, watch me because my trigger is like, I want to be less than. And so I think it all comes down to like using words outside of it. I like, you look like you're glowing. Yeah, that's a great one. That's a great feel, one. It's nice to like, I feel like I'm glowing. I you know, like, like that's I nice. just, or uh, I, to some of my friends, I tell them your soul is showing. Like if they're like really lit up, I'm like, you, your soul is showing right now. And that is just so much better, right? <laughs> so much better. Yeah. And like, be, you know, and being told that like you seem more at peace or, you know, you're, you seem very authentic or, you know, any of those things that sort of speak to me as a person and not just like my physical self is, is pretty important, I think. And because, so before the Instagram community, I never talked about having struggles with my weight. So now that I do a little bit, I think it's opening the gate a bit more for people to compliment specifically about my weight. You know, it's sort of like a double-edged sword, I guess, like I'm talking about it, but it doesn't mean that I need you to reassure me that I wasn't pretty before. Like that's something people feel the need to say. Yes. Like, you know, oh, but you look great before. It's not that you didn't. It's just that now you look so good. And it's, you know, fine. Like, I don't need you to tell me that, you know, I, I don't need you to reassure me that I've always had value. I've just needed to sort of discover that more within myself. It's not the outward thing that really matters. So the Instagram community is a bit of a catch 22 with that. Cause in a way you're sort of seeking compliments and it's sort of a weird thing to be a part of. It's like, look at this amazing picture of me. And then at the same time, like, do I even believe the comments that I'm getting? Like you have to believe it for it to have any sort of impact on yourself. So it's a really weird time that we're in. I feel like it, we it share totally a lot, is. but we get to edit everything and yeah, it's so it's, fake. Uh, my, my friends and I have this conversation a lot of like, what's real, what's not. And I think that that's what's made me kind of like retreat into, well, like going on the ocean where I cannot be found, like try to find me. It's like, I just, it's such a crazy time right now. And there's just so much going on and there's so much quote unquote competition and, and so much happening that it can be very, very easy to lose ourselves. And then, you know, not even be conscious to what you're saying of, you know, you post a before and after picture and you're just you feel really comfortable and you're feeling really great. And then somebody says, but you looked really great before and that could be triggering to you. And then you're having to deal with this without even being conscious to the fact that that's affecting you. And I think, I hope that this conversation we've had, people are like, oh, I didn't even think of it that way. Yeah. You know, because that's And important. like you said earlier about the impact of the things that we say that we don't know what it means to someone else. So how they interpret it is completely out of our hands. So like mindfulness with language is something that I've really strived for since having a public Instagram account, like around 20,000 followers. That's enough people that, you know, if somebody sees me saying, look at how gross I was then and how good I look now, but they're where I was then, that's saying to them that they're gross and that's never okay, like don't make other people feel like they're gross. So I try to be extremely careful to never sort of imply that any stage is better or worse, like we said before, but also just the words itself. Like I, I get weird comments and again, they're always compliments, kind of, sort of, sort of compliments, I guess. You know, like you have a great figure. Okay. You know, when I was overweight, I used to always get, you have a really pretty face. So like that will let you really think a lot about what that means, you know? And 
And so now being complimented on my body, whereas I used to be complimented on my face, it gives me a whole different set of feelings, right? And whether I, what I believe or don't believe and all that is so complicated. So I try really hard not to let comments dictate how I feel about myself, you know, but I realize that I've put a lot of time into, you know, self-love, positive self-affirmations, replacing negative words with positive ones. That sort of thing has been an ongoing exercise for the past two years. And a lot of people aren't there yet. So they don't have that insight. So they'll take things at face value and it can be really damaging. You know, I comparing yourself like, so obviously Instagram does like the transformation Tuesdays and that sort of thing. And so like your feed will just be post after post after post of side-by-side pictures. And very often in my stories, I'll just say like, here's your reminder that don't compare yourself to other people. You have no idea what's going on in their lives and you have no idea where they're going and where they're going to end up. Like you only can control your own self. So you spend your time comparing yourself to these pictures without knowing the whole story. It's, I mean, it's a waste of time, but it's also just really damaging to your mental health. You know, I think that I'll catch myself doing it periodically unintentionally because I always think I've overcome it and then here I am again. (laughs) Uh, But I'll catch myself and say, you know, that's not my life. Like, this is my life and I have a good life, you know, and I need to be appreciative of of the things that I've achieved in my life. And if I want to achieve that, then maybe I have to put some work in and do it, you know, and be accountable for whatever that means. But I think that it's really damaging if we do too much comparison. So yeah, the Instagram world, definitely, like, I love it in a lot of ways because it's given me this platform that I never had, but yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a challenge. Okay. What do you think is missing in the keto space for women right now? What do you wish there was more of? So that's, it's hard. I think that, I think that there's already a pretty good amount of support that exists in the space that I'm like, cause I mostly just Instagram. I've ventured a bit into YouTube and stuff, but Instagram seems to be, I don't get a lot of hate comments. So I feel very secure in that. <laughs> I know YouTube, YouTube is, is all hate. I feel yeah. like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not thick skinned enough for YouTube, but I, Honestly, so awareness is probably what I would say. So let me elaborate. I think there's a ton of information out there. There's an influx of products coming out. There's a lot of maybe guides and and, and that sort of thing on how to keto and how to do things. And it's just really important to be aware that things aren't all created equal. (laughs) You know, the ingredients in keto products are often extremely sketchy. And right now that's not really being regulated. So sort of like the gluten-free and the organic, like things are getting slapped with like a keto label. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's good for you. And I think that like, yeah, just an awareness that people are trying to make money. The diet culture is a billion dollar industry, right? People are trying to make money off of you all the time. So you really have to sort of pay attention to your sources and, and educate yourself. Like I always say that Instagram too, when people are asking me for my advice, I'm not very comfortable giving it because my experience is my own. Like this is what's worked for me, but I'm not going to tell you what you have to eat or how many times a day you have to eat or what you should eat or any of those things because it's such a personal thing. And I'm not licensed to do that. So I'm just not going to do it. But I think that, you know, right now it's kind of a weird time for keto because it's become mainstream. Uh, you know, two years ago, it was kind of like a whispered thing. And now it's, you know, headliners. So companies are going to come at 
all of these different ways of, you know, sneaking creepy ingredients into your diet to just make it another problem. Like one of the reasons that obesity is such an epidemic is because of the crap that's in the food, you know? And so if keto just becomes another way to inject all of these additives, then we're not really getting healthier, you know? And a lot of my things like inflammation, you know, I used to have a lot of back pain and that sort of thing and sugar and a lot of the additives, like not buying packaged food eliminates so much stuff. You know, if I can't just shop in the grocery store, I just don't shop the, you know, periphery of it or whatever they say. Um, you know, it means that like, I know that I'm buying like this whole food and there's not a list of things that go into it. But as soon as things start getting made, I think that it's quite, it can be questionable. So I would say that, you know, people should really be aware of that. I think, I know that you're doing a lot of work with, you know, hormones with women. And that's a big thing that, you know, men and women are not the same. So it's really important to to know that when it comes to your diet. Like I, you know, I've had hypothyroid, I have hypothyroidism and I've always had a really slow metabolism. And, you know, so my diet has been catered to accommodate that, but what you do is different, you know, and I think that that's really, really important to remember. And so like online communities are really great, but I think that, you know, you don't want to be like a sheep going along with it, you know, find what works for you. And listen to your body. That's something that I never used to do. And I thought I, you know, I thought I did, but I never did. And then I realized all these things don't agree with me, or this makes me bloat, or this makes me tired. This, you know, once you start paying attention to it, it can really change your relationship with food and you see it as fuel, as like a way to heal things and not as a way to sort of, I don't know, reward yourself. Yeah. Or make yourself smaller, whatever your goal is and just seeing it for that. Thank you so much for seeing the responsibility that you have in the space, because I think so many of us who don't really ask to become leaders in this, like I didn't ask to become a leader in this. I still don't consider myself a leader in this space. I'm always so mindful of what I put out there and that people are looking to me for answers. And so I appreciate that you see that you have that responsibility and you're taking that seriously. And I think that that really needs to be highlighted and thanked and appreciated because there are many in the space that don't understand that people are looking to them for answers, even though they might not be qualified to give those answers and they're not being conscious to the fact that that is what's happening. And they may say things that they don't understand or they may make comments because it worked for them, but they don't preface that. So I just wanted to take a minute and thank you for seeing that as a responsibility and understanding how important it is to like take that seriously. So thank you. Well, thank you. Yeah, I I definitely try to be mindful of that. And it's something that like I didn't seek out followers. Like I don't like follow to follow, you know, I don't do any of that. Like I, I don't follow a crazy amount of people because I like to really be engaged with the people that I follow. I want to, you know, be a part of their journey, just like I feel like they're a part of mine. And, uh, you know, I, like you said, like you don't know the impact that you're going to leave on someone else. So I, I'm very mindful of that. I've been impacted inadvertently by people many times, right? And things stick with you. So yeah, like, and I, you know, my Instagram account, I honestly really do try to keep it as positive as possible because I think that we're already inundated with so much, like just negativity, <laughs> you know, like there's so much negativity. Uh, there's so much just, I don't know, just consumerism in general is like, it's a really tricky, it's a tricky thing to be a part of. Uh, and for me, it was like, well, I'm not trying to make money off of people and I'm not trying to tell you how to live your life. I am just trying to share my experience so that people know that 
they're not alone. I feel like the community has given me the opportunity to yeah, really feel like it's a shared experience. Like it can be so isolating losing weight. Like my whole experience with weight loss is, you know, shame. Like, you know, you feel ashamed of yourself and you're guilty for food and you shouldn't do this and you restrict yourself. And then you think, well, why me? You know, and then you're just kind of alone on this island. And then suddenly this Instagram thing opened up and I remember having a hundred followers and feeling so thrilled because a hundred other people could relate to me and my journey. And then, you know, two years later, it's like, you know, tens of thousands and you're thinking, well, well, where'd they come from? Who are these people? But it's cool because I get messages, really beautiful messages from people who've said that they really needed to hear that, you know, whatever it might be that day, you know, a reminder that the scale doesn't dictate your worth, you know, things that people forget. And people place so much importance on numbers. So like, I don't share my weight on my Instagram deliberately because I don't want somebody considering that a benchmark for anything. My weight is my personal weight. It has nothing to do with you. So you don't need to know, just understand that I'm working on losing weight. It doesn't matter what the number is, you know, and the the online community. Yeah, what a nourishing gift to be. I always, you know, like we get messages all the time of like, thanks for your book and thanks for the things and these like heartfelt, beautiful messages. And I don't like, sure, I may, some of my work may have been the spark to um, encourage you to do stuff, but like, hold on a second. Like you did all of that on your own. Like this was just a little spark that you needed that triggered something. But how cool is it that, you know, we struggled and people struggle and everyone struggles. And if they could give that gift to somebody else and that's, I think that's probably why you continue posting. And I know it's why I do the work that I do is because I just want to have as many sparks go off because those sparks create more sparks, which happened more sparks. And all of a sudden the world is a kinder, more gentler, more loving place. Would you agree? Yeah, I would agree for sure. It's, you know, and if somebody sort of tries to give me the, the recognition, like if somebody is saying that I'm responsible for their success, it does, like I'm always turning around to be like, no, but just be so proud of yourself because often making the change is the hardest part. And it is, like I said before, when I was having to cut out sugar, that was a terrifying thing. Like it was so scary, you know, and then I did it and then it was over and now here we are. But, you know, making those changes is so hard because, you know, you have to completely sort of rethink what you're doing and that's all you. Like I can't make anybody else do that. You know, like my um, fiance Mel, she is also doing keto. Like we do it side by side. It makes it way better for me. For me, I've you know don't have as many temptations, and I think that it's helped me a lot to have somebody doing it alongside me. She's like the most supportive person ever, too. So she hasn't had to identify all of these food things like I have. Like we have a very different reason for wanting to lose weight, you know, and that's okay. But she supports that, and everything that I do, she you know, recognizes that I'm doing it. And when she does it, I recognize that she's doing it. And together we're stronger. And I think that you kind of just have to look at it that the support system's great, but all of the progress that you make is your own doing. And just the same thing in mind, you have to remember that you're capable of doing these things. And I think people, you know, history sometimes has a way of making us doubt our abilities, uh, you know, and now's a different time. Like where I was five years ago, trying something is different. And said, I've tried like, I don't know, let's say 10, 10 diets, like at least 10. And then it took when I was in my thirties to finally find something that actually worked, you know, so you shouldn't give up on yourself. And I think that's really important, but it's all on you, you know, like you make the changes, like you have to, you have to be accountable. And that's something that I say a lot with people too. Like if you're messaging me because you're desperate for 
a change and you want me to help you, well, you know, you have to help yourself first and you have to be willing to put in the work because I could tell you what I did, but you know, I'm not going to come to your house and spoon feed you. So <laughs> totally. Although a coffee date would be great. I always think like, how cool would it be if everyone who saw the blog over the last 30 days could just like get together for coffee for an hour. I would love that. Britt, where can people find you? So Instagram is definitely the best bet. Like I said, I tried my hand at YouTube and just, it, it didn't jive with it. So yeah. So keto B on Instagram, I try to record stories pretty often and, uh, you know, I try to post a mix of food and sometimes my dog <laughs> can't resist. Amazing. Well, thanks so, so much for coming on the show today. It was awesome getting to chat with you. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for listening to the Keto Diet Podcast. Join us again in a couple of days to discover more Keto for Women secrets for your fat-fueled life. The Keto Diet Podcast, including show notes and links, provides information in respect to healthy living, recipes, nutrition, and diet, and is intended for informational purposes only. The information provided is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment, nor is it to be construed as such. We cannot guarantee that the information provided on the Keto Diet Podcast reflects the most up-to-date medical research. Information is provided without any representations or warranties of any kind. Please consult a qualified physician for medical advice and always seek the advice of a qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your health and nutrition program.